Riding a VL with two subbies, stereotype with a huge intercooler. Doing it right might be like I'm confused. What's the attraction? But some dudes just love to lose traction. That cruise action, Saturday night, you can do it at the lights or get in a fight. Welcome to Rogue Bows of the Car Chat series, episode 19. Justin, what's going on? Up here visiting you. <laughs> you, are, you are at our new uh, the new studio here, so I do need to move here. I must admit, yeah, I do. It's solid, <laughs> it's a solid place. Um, good old Gold Coast, but had Jock Landau was the first one in studio. You're the second, so you're number okay. two. Live in studio, we're still a little bit away from um, you know finishing the place and getting the cameras rolling. We'll move to video soon for all listeners out there. But yeah, this is the the silent man cave. Um, so since he signed his new deal with the Rockets, what you know, what's what's the go with cars now? Going to get him into a muscle car? I think he's um, looking for an old school Range Rover or a Bronco, I think. Old school Range Rover. Oh, I have one of those, is he? Yeah. Is he from Brunswick? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's got some hipster in him, but I've, I'm steering him more towards. What, what's his coffee order then? If he's. If he's oh, I'll be some sort, of, some sort of soy child. <laughs> yeah, nah, I think he's pretty straight laced. He's, he's, he's got a bit of farm boy in him, but yeah. uh, nah, he's, I think he's gone down the Bronco route like a like a 70s, 80s uh, era Bronco. I think they're cooler than the, than the Rangies yeah. uh, from back then. What did um, Joe Ingalls? He. I'm not sure what he ended up getting. I know he had a Mustang, the one we gave him shit about. Yeah. But um, nah, Jock, Jock, Jock will get into something. I mean, he's yeah making some decent money, but it's a one year. It's it's a four year deal, but it's a one year guarantee. So he's still oh, got to okay, be careful. Yeah. It's eight yeah. a year for four years, but the the third, the second, third, and fourth option. But enough of uh, basketball. Yeah. For our listeners, most of, <laughs> you know, cop some shit. But but yeah, people that were giving me shit about the studio, like man, it's taking you forever and. What's Damn going studio. on? <laughs> this is we'll eventually get some photos out once it's yeah. finished, finished. Um, but there's it's not the um the run of the mill studio like people would think. We've, I've kind of uh, put some splashes of different things in here and people will be surprised as to why it took so long. So moving on, man. Um let's start off with our market update. What do you have for us? Well, um I guess I mean one we're both watching because um love our GDSs, you've got a VR GDS. So we're watching the red auto. Only supposed to be thirteen hundred Ks on this thing, which I call absolute utter bullshit. Because after looking at the steering wheel and just close close up of pictures, definitely call foul on this car. No books, no compendium. Um, yeah, don't know about it, but we were watching it. You, I bit on it. Yeah, I bit on did it. Did you do a bit of like half a mil or something? You're gonna get. <laughs> I did actually. <laughs> I did. I um, yeah. So I I, I have an account with them because I bit on a Hulk pinball machine about two years ago, which I ended up winning. Um, so I went to the website, saw this car, and I was like, oh, I'll have, have a look. And then I realized I have an account still, yeah. so I didn't have to go through all the approval stuff. So I was like, oh, I might have a crack at it. And I think I bid, um, it was like 14 days before the auction was ending because they do that online shit before they go live. Yeah. And I think I bid, um, I think it was 40K, and I accidentally put an extra zero on it. It was like max bid 400K. <laughs> and Lloyd's don't have, they don't have no, so I was a winning bidder at, I think it was at 20-something K at that point, but my max yeah. bid was 400 K. Yeah. And they had no way to edit it. So you have to physically like call them or email them be like, hey, like yeah. I accidentally put a, you know, whereas on eBay and all that, you can just edit it on, on the spot mm. um, and then watch it on the day. I was, I was at a kid's birthday party actually and I was, I was waiting for it. By the way, Lloyds, get your timing together, man. That shit was ridiculous. Yeah. Like they quoted like a 12 p.m. auction. The car went live at like 4.30. It was like – like surely you know that each give each car maybe a, mm. a six minute buffer, yeah, and give it a bit of a buffer if it goes earlier, and then just delay, talk, some, put some filler in, talk some shit till the next one if it goes early, right? So I was watching it, and, and they just kept. I'm looking at the timer, and it's like, you know, two hours till mm. till ham, till hammer time till hammer time on that car, 
and then I'd look about an hour later and be like, hour and 59 minutes. I'm just Jesus. like, what the fuck is going on? So I was like getting later and later. I'm like, I bet you this is going to hit right yeah. when I'm at the kid's party. So I kind of ducked out in my car for a couple of minutes, left the missus in there. And and I think I put a max beard at, I think my max beard was 57. Someone someone got it at 58, which is still an okay buy if it was those genuine kilometers. But yeah, you kind of alerted me on a few things that you just kind of like, auto was the thing that killed it, but it was still a clean car. My whole yeah. thing was, you know, I'll talk about later, but, you know, um, just get parts on these cars. I think the parts, oh, exactly. the parts alone on that car if they're in good nick, would be worth some money, right? But yeah, you were right. I think I think the the kilometers something 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 didn't smell right. Yeah, it definitely right. was. I mean, look, the trim. I mean, being cloth trim, and look, I am a fan of the cloth trim in the um in the VRs. I I pick it over the leather, honestly, because I just love the look of it. And yeah, just looking that overall, the trim looked okay, but definitely not thirteen hundred kilometers worth. But the steering wheel, just the wear. Yeah, like, there's no way. W one market. Mm. Um. Look, I mean, hovering. 330k to 500k there's 12 currently listed on car sales but i know these things are changing hands within that three to 400 you know depending on kilometers so it is stable around that there um same with the gdsrs they're still sitting around that 170k money but i know some of those actually know the one that went for high 130s a white one recently um so look i mean once again listing and changing hands different market overall Ones that jumped up a lot, there's 22 GDSR Malus currently right now on the market. Um, they're still around that 170K mark, so I don't know of any myself that have changed hands, but there are more and more getting listed. Have we ever got, have we ever got numbers on the GTSRs and the Malus? Like how many they built? They never really announced it, did they? I think, I mean, there is a lot of them. That's what they didn't yeah. actually give a, a firm number. No, it wasn't a, well, there is a cutoff number at the end, but I don't know if it off the yeah, top yeah. of my head, so... But it's not like low number amounts. They were full production run on yeah, them. Thousands, yeah. Yep. So, um, and look, I mean, just the HSV market overall, you know, so that even W427s, like, they're all just the same ones that are sitting there at the moment. So um, the older stuff is kind of moving. You do see them pop up, but nothing's really getting listed as sold. It's just kind of all just removed off car sales. Um, Keep but, the wife happy. Yeah. So, but in, in all the groups, seeing things changing hand, but they're nowhere near at the prices of what um, people are asking on. Car sales. So um, onto the FPV stuff. So the BF Cobra market, um, that has been jumping of just listed prices. Like that's one I've been watching for a while. So um, yeah, so I mean, low K, low K manual, um, you know, so we're looking about 120 plus listed for those ones. Cheapest in just in general is an auto. Um, that's 80K with over 100,000K on the clock. So yeah. They are hovering between, but it is a weird market because sometimes you'll see those over 150K, then suddenly there's four or five listed around that 100, 120 mark, so with lower kilometre stuff. So it is kind of one, watch the wave on them because once one Muppet puts it up for a high price and you'll just suddenly see, and probably is if you look closely, the same car's just gone back up again. Mm -hmm. So um, just trying to ride that wave to get big dollars. GTF, 14 listed at the moment, cheapest of 155,000 with 20K on the clock. Um, the F6 market, there's 10 Mark IIs listed. Anything decent's about 70K plus at the moment. So that has, that did come back a little bit. There were a couple of cheap ones with some high K ones, but heavily modified. Um, I think just these guys wanting to move and get out of these problem cars, but then anything stock is just going to command big dollars at the moment. So it is a high demand market, those F6s. Um, and in the auction space, nothing's really moving right now. So 
I've heard of a few cars that have been listed as being sold, but then find out later on that um, negotiations after didn't take place and still same guys sitting with these same cars. So yeah, even eBay, you look on eBay and there's there's generally always something on their high end, at least Australian muscle cars. Australian muscle car wise right now on eBay, there's nothing, nothing even American that's based in Australia. The US has its standard stuff, you know, all these dealers that just play stuff on eBay and just sits there if it has to. But, um, yeah, I think people just tighten up. We've, we've spoke about it at length with, with the yep. way the economy's going and everything. I think you'd be sillier if you have a little bit of cash buffer to go and burn it on a car in oh, the exactly. economic state where yeah. in Australia, um, where yeah. everything continuing to go up. But I still think that, you know, a good low kilometer example of most cars will move to high-end buyers yep. um, today. So whatever model you have, I think if it's a genuine low-kilometer mint car, it's going to move. You're going to get good money for it. I think the moderate-kilometer stuff um, can still move for rarer cars, but anything that, that's that's moderate to high kilometers on on, on your you know, like a VHGTS or whatever, that's the, where the market's kind of stagnating um, yep. and stuff's sitting, right? Um, it's... You know, the good stuff will still move in a, in a bad economy, in a good good economy, but it's that stuff that really kind of, you know, took that massive jump during COVID. We were looking at, like, you know, cars with 200,000 Ks on them going for, you know, stupid money oh, um, because people exactly. couldn't get into the market for yeah. the mint cars. They're the ones that are going to cop it, and yeah. some people, I guarantee you, are stuck with those that bought them during COVID, you know, when they were sitting at home on the computer for, too, you know, too much time during the day. Oh, exactly, and, and even through the whole hype, I mean, we gave warning signs about it. You don't want to go ripping money off your mortgage or getting – High interest rate loans for these cars that are quite questionable. You're just going to try and pay top dollar for because that's the thing. You'll be stuck holding the baby, baby with those ones. So, um, yeah, but interesting times. But um, that's the thing that just be smart with your money right now. Watch the market. Just buy something you actually really want, not just trying to get into the into the scene. Yeah, and there's not a lot investment wise. Like a lot of the fat's been cut off by um, a lot of these cars that you know. I guess five six years ago you could buy something, park it. I mean very hard now because a lot oh, of people yeah. are thinking and speculate like there's a lot of speculation now in the muscle car market where people are thinking what's the next one that i need to buy exactly. i'll buy it and take the risk but yeah it might not eventuate but here's one out of the ordinary um i just saw this online um speaking of auction results and whatnot but uh bring a trailer in the u.s um obviously you can auction they have an auction format on their side and a, and a private sales as well it's raised many eyebrows this sale 1987 Honda Prelude, a BA1, at auction for a staggering 79,000 US. It's 120,000 AU, and they're saying it just raises questions. How has this happened? It was <laughs> it was red, manual, and had 4,200 miles, 6,700 kilometers on it. Um, never featured in a movie, never never owned by a celeb, um, bookended on produ- production runs. Just a mint condition example of a second generation Honda Sports Coupe and double the previous record price for a prelude of its vintage, which is pretty crazy for a Honda, right? It's insane. That is insane. It just goes to show like a low kilometer car and even the most random yeah. make and model, if someone wants it and that was their childhood car and they have memories about whatever with their dad or their mum or their grandparents and but it's, it's a mint one. But it's not- weird with stuff like this in a way because, I mean, um, yeah, I follow like Car Rave on Instagram and it's the stuff like this, it's actually grabbing my attention more and more when I see these just old time warp cars because you kind of think, imagine just grabbing that, driving down to a Cars and Coffee or something. It's just it's just so oddball. I, I love it. Loving this 100%. Year. And that's, yeah. the, that's the fun thing. And just finding, finding the local example, you probably, I guess the buyers probably thought 
something like this won't pop up again for a long, long time. Yeah, exactly. If that's your car and you loved it- Where do you find it? You're not going to find it again. Um, so that got a, a really interesting price. Some news, SA government passes ultra-high-powered vehicle license. I can't believe this shit. Any car with a higher power to weight ratio than 276 kilowatts per tonne will require a special license in South Australia. I mean, that basically rules out every EV, no? It does in a way. Well, 226 kilowatt per one tonne, I mean, yeah, well, you can- 276, yeah. Yeah, you can go get a Tesla Model 3 Performance Edition, fly under the radar with that. (laughs) I mean, it's- Zero Just 103 seconds wouldn't get you much trouble though these days, would it? No, nah, surely not. Surely not. But <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy. SA does some crazy shit. We know we hang shit on Adelaide, but that 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 is insane. It's going to be interesting to see if other states and territories follow suit. But that's, you know, we're, we're the only place in the world, I think, I have, to, I have to do some research, but we're one of the only places where you, you know, you, you get the you get your P plates and you can't drive a certain power-to-weight ratio car. I know yeah. in the U.S., like the U.S., literally, you can you – know, there's some cars behind me, but, you know, ever since the 60s and 70s, you can get in the Boss 429 if you oh, have yeah, cash you afford to go license. Driving. Yep, go drive that, no yeah. problem. Yeah. Um, and still today, you can get in a, a Ferrari if you've got the money at that. At that. They don't have that law, and I think we just bubble wrap everything. To me, I mean, waiting from 18 to 21, there's no real difference on but, I mean, you being a dickhead. You just see this in general. I mean, it's so easy to go get these cars. You can get a Golf R or something, drive it go modify the crap out of it and still get yourself in a lot of trouble. So it doesn't still control um, those parts of it. So we've spoken about it time and time again, just advanced driver courses, et cetera, try and bring that. It was more mandatory policies and half of this bullshit. So yeah. Yeah. Just another revenue stream for them yeah. to try and catch, you know, young kids that like performance cars might be over that uh, power to weight ratio, give them a nice fine, make some more money for the government, but that's that's disgusting by, by the government. I hope that that gets overturned, but we'll, uh, we won't hold our breath. Um, Chinese electric car invasion prompts yeah. security warning. Shocker. I mean, this is like the no shit oh, no, yeah. news of whenever you are involved with EVs and of course you're, you're on a cloud. So anyway, the president of a leading UK murdering organization claims Chinese made electric cars are a Trojan horse that could be shut down remotely, potentially causing havoc across Great Britain and Europe. And it's like, yeah, no shit. Yeah, exactly right. So, um, but and another thing else I saw that was quite interesting. Did you see? Um, did you see all the MGs or parks that were registered? No. So, oh man, just looking into all this kind of stuff. So, I saw a while ago that um, they're pretty much saying that all the MG sales are all through the roof, etc. At the moment, so, in Australia. No, this is yeah, this is worldwide. And then there was a random field just kind of there's just. Thousands and thousands of all parked, like all these EV ones, um, just all registered. So they're actually questioning, going, well, the numbers, the sales of these cars, trying to say that they're, you know, climbing up the chain and just nearly market leaders with the EVs at the moment. Just all these Chinese EV registered cars just sitting there rotting. So, helping their numbers. Yeah, just helping the numbers. Yeah, and I'm sure with that that would be part of the EV mm. um, subsidies that you get in most countries. Yeah, so exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice double dip. Uh, another ship on fire. Yeah, EV related too. Yep, 500 <laughs> electric cars uh, are amongst the approximately 3,800 vehicles on board the cargo ship, which caught fire off the Dutch coast last week, sparking fresh calls for the sea transport industry to implement better policies to put out fires involving electric vehicles. Well, what about the people driving them? Yeah. Not just for the shippies, but uh, I mean, 
that's the thing with these cars. They, they catch fire. That battery, you know, catches fire. We've, we've spoken about it. Yeah. There's one out near Geelong not long ago. Um, yeah, there's another house fire as well. It was over in Adelaide. So that was with the EV, EV, EV related. Yeah, yeah. And it takes you know, it can take almost a day, right? Sometimes yeah, you just exactly. got to let it burn off. There's nothing you're really throwing on it to, to slow yeah. it down. So uh, it's all heading the right direction. I mean, especially down in Victoria now. So no longer gas cooktops or anything. It's all going to be electric appliances. So with that, and then EV cars, it's just it's all love and life. Love and life. Love and life. <laughs> I mean, look, the EV things had its merits, but when when you, when you look into you know how how lithium and all that's mined, mm-hmm. um, all the slave labor involved, and and then all the, I mean, I can't remember the exact number, but they say to to make an EV, the production of it's like way worse yeah. than a, than a combustion engine. It mm-hmm. takes much more time in production and all that kind of stuff, and. Um, and that, and that's the whole part that they're getting built as disposable cars, um, you know, basically like iPhones. Way it is, you want the latest and greatest, but to sustain it for the long term, just think how long you've really got to keep that for. Especially with battery replacement costs. Yeah, I exactly. mean that's that's a huge problem with them, right? Until the whole us, yeah, well, it's going to get better, it's going to get cheaper. Well, Something, is it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And you're starting to see all these videos pop up, at least in Australia, of people popping up the charging stations with a line of five or six cars and that's, mm-hmm. you know, a nice little four or five hour wait for you to get, get on the charge if each car's going. We'll charge your mine off a generator. Yeah. Just yeah. yeah. Diesel generator in your boot. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> look, I've, I've always said, I think for inner city driving, great. I think EVs are great yeah. for inner city driving. If you're just putting around from CBD to go and get your swanky coffee at, you know, the next suburb over or you're doing, you basically live in a city, but anything outside of that for me, I, I wouldn't touch the things, you know, in my opinion. And, and uh, the privacy issues, everything connects to the cloud, so all your updates for it are all coming to the cloud. Mm-hmm. No shit that they can turn you off. No shit if there's, uh, you know, it's a conspiracy theory, but no shit. You, you know, if there's hardcore lockdowns, what's to stop? Yeah, what's to stop the government going to a Tesla or, you know, Mazda, Honda, whoever's oh, got exactly. EVs and saying your car and the same TikTok disclaimer comes up. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You, you, it's a lockdown right now. Yeah. You, you cannot be driving. We're not going to turn your car on. And yeah, people exactly. think that's crazy, but if I would have told you three years ago that you'd be locked in your house for have along that wall, yeah. people would have said you're an idiot. So mm-hmm. um, that's an interesting one. But when I, I'm not a huge fan of EVs, um, some people are, some people aren't. But the more and more things that come out about them, it kind of uh, bothers me a little bit. Police to challenge car enthusiasts on home turf. Did you see this one? No, I didn't actually. What Eastern happened? Creek in Goulburn, they're going to um, invite car enthusiasts to race against the highway patrol. Okay. I think that's a, that's, I think that's a good initiative. I think doing well, stuff they, like th- that. Yeah, we used to have that at Calder. Yeah, they did that a yeah. while ago, right? Yeah. 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 Um, but I think that's a good initiative. It, it mm-hmm. humanizes the highway patrol, which they need to be humanized because a lot of people dislike them yeah. <laughs> for valid, mostly valid reasons because they're hiding behind bushes and bus stops and whatnot. Uh, all the coppers down in Melbourne are driving X5s now, so it's easy to chop one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but I think it's just good. I mean, they, they come out and – being in the community, I think they'll, you know, yeah. you realize that not all car enthusiasts are your, are your summon out types that are just yeah. trying to get drunk and, and do burnouts all day. So I think that's a that's a good thing. Uh, VW, Australia acts as the Passat. And oh, I'm upset about wagons. this. I love the Passat wagons. Well, I love wagons in general. You hate wagons. The right wagon every now and then, but yeah, I'm not. Well, a, they're pretty cool. I'm not they're a fan. Cool. I'm not a fan. But um, yeah, well, that's the thing that the Passat, RTN, Golf R wagons all getting dropped from the lineup. Well, actually, the R team in general, the um, yeah, the sedan and wagon. The reason they're all going to be focusing on EVs now. So it's um, yeah, they're looking to directing all the money for that, catching up with the rest of everyone. But yeah, it's interesting times. I don't know. It's um, yeah, like I said, big fan of that. But 
wagon wise, there's not, not actually much left. So we've got the Skoda Superb. Um, hopefully that comes out. They haven't fully ticked that off yet, but um, that's pretty much off the Passat. Um, off the, yeah, pretty much Passat chassis anyway. And then Cupra is going to be bringing out their wagon, which is pretty much off their Golf R platform. So yeah. I think I think VW's excuse, VW Australia at least, um, does make sense because there's also some news following that that Volkswagen is cutting electric vehicle production at its Emden plant in northwest Germany. Um, as per recent comments from the general automaker, the adjustment is partly due to strong customer reluctance, which is leading to lower than expected electric car sales. So demand of electric vehicles is running about 30% below Volkswagen's forecasts. So <laughs> but- it's interesting like when you see this, um, you know, it's kind of unrelated in a way, but quite funny with not listening listening to your customers. I saw Mercedes posted about their C63S. So as we all know, they ditched the V8. And gone this um, hybrid four-cylinder model with some F1 technology in it. Well, they've already announced from 2026 they're going to go back to the V8. So, so um, <laughs> that car got absolutely slammed. And I think because it had a lot of reviews and, yeah, just no one rated it at all. So it's kind of interesting. Just listen to your customers. That's all it is. Yeah, I think this also is because a lot of the subsidies are drying up, drying up from yeah. governments. So um, don't forget that Tesla was ahead of her with – getting their cars out earlier with all the subsidies from government to go EV, right? Um, whereas now those subsidies are starting to dry out from from companies. So yeah, I true. think that's why we're also starting to see a reluctance from customers, a reluctance yep. from from car makers to bring them into countries because they're not getting that nice little rebound yeah. anymore. And the thing is, well, I mean, VW Group's playing a lot with hydrogen fuel technology in the background too. So that's going to be another part to see what they- Did see a fella, uh, what country was it in? Did you see the bloke that ran the car in water? Yes. Yeah, Again, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's he's gonna be dead soon. Yeah. Oh yeah, for that guy. Like that guy from South Africa was yeah. He I think he had a heart heart attack. Yeah, yeah. Well, this guy was from <laughs> was it Korea? I can't remember where it was from. But anyway, yeah, pray for yeah. that guy because big oil and 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 EV companies are gonna be all over him to just buy that and yeah, shelve that. Walking, just yep. hide it if they can get their hands on it. But yeah, imagine that. I mean, mm. that's just yeah, amazing. Um, and yeah, just speaking about parts. I mean, I had the walking chore sent up here. Um. And just looking to the future in Australia and had the electric window go and I called a few places around. I spoke to you about it and yep. everyone was like, oh, nah. Don't want to touch it. If, no, if something's wrong with it, yeah, have no parts, can't find no parts, don't ask me about parts. I was like, fuck, here we go. So I, I called a fella um, out near me and he goes, look, he goes, just bring it in. I'll, I'll have a look. It might not be something that needs parts. And then yep. if it needs parts, we'll reassess. I'll try to find something. He goes, I've got rears. I just don't have fronts. Okay. And um, this walk control window, you know, I had it. I had the walking shawl shipped up. It was um, trucked up from Melbourne, so it was filthy. I want to go just through it because yep. I've had it uh, coated. I usually just go through the touch freeze just to give them a, a yeah. flush through, and I couldn't even do that because my window's down, so I'm like, shit. Yeah. Um, so I ended up taking this bloke, and thankfully took door panels off and whatnot. I posted the photos on my Instagram. The car's basically brand new. It's a very low kilometer, and just when, when walking shawl did them, they, the, the, the main power lead was – when they built it was exactly to, to click with no give on the cord. So when the when the, oh, yeah. when the window was widening down for the last five yeah. percent, it was it was disconnecting the cord. That's all it was. So the bloke was like laughing, so all he did was put an extension on it. But my point being that once again, man, it's gonna be carnage in the next 10, 15 years with with, with any Australian made muscle car, FPV, Fords, um, HSVs. HSV are a bit better, but even there now, because they're gone, yeah, we're gonna get parts of these things, man. Yeah, well, I know that HSV is looking at 
doing, I think they're starting with the VY first, just um, reproduction of uh, body kits again just mm-hmm. because of part shortages, but just a matter of everything else that they'll do. So, yeah. How do you restore? I mean, let's say, you know, the, 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 the whole generational restoration thing where, you know, you're, you're a teenager and now you're growing into like, we're starting to see walkies now be fully restored, right? Yeah. Um, because it's that era, our childhood, 40, 50, coming to wealth. Yeah. I'm going to restore one to mint. That dream might be over for a lot of people with yeah. Australian muscle cars in the yeah. next five or 10 years, Tiranas and all that kind of stuff yeah. because you just can't find it. And then do you really want to restore it with Chinese-made repro parts? Mm. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is it really? Yeah. Is it, you know, you got a car well, show and everyone's like, oh, it's a, it's a Chinese walking show. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So yep. it's, yeah, really interesting times, really interesting times, these parts and stuff and all those blokes that you laugh at that have, you know, st- stored parts in a, in a filthy warehouse or garage of theirs are going to be the next oh, exactly, the next yeah. barn find millionaires, right? Yeah. Just a, a note. All right, Q&A's, what have you got this week? All right, so, man, I hate these ones. I'm looking to build a tribute, either a VK Mini or a GDSR. What are your thoughts on tributes for future collectors? Um, love the pod, Steve. To be honest, I am yeah, fucking hating how many Blue Meanies and GDSR tributes, or call them mocks, are just being pumped around at the moment. So, I mean, seeing all these raffle companies and all that, they're all doing them. But it's just absolutely killing it, all just getting done to death. Nearly every week I'm just seeing a GDSR tribute being posted up with the 20-inch wheels, et cetera, like that. It's just, I know, it's, it, it is killing it for me in a way. And to be future collectors, well... It's not going to be a collector in a way because it's not a numbers car. So you've just got to take that out of it. Look, I mean, fair enough if it's your childhood dream you wanted to do. Well, you can't one. afford the – Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I get it there, but just, yeah, the whole tribute thing is just killing it. I mean, if I was to do a tribute, I mean, I'd, I'd do a, some sort of mod with it, right? So if I if I wanted to do a Blue Meanie, I'd, I'd mod it in my own personal oh, taste. Oh, exactly. Like LS know. said, just do some bits to it, you know, if you want to, to have it exactly whatever, like go. factory that it yeah, isn't yeah. That, You always kind of got that question of like it's not – it's not yeah, the original, exactly, yeah. right? Exactly, yeah. I'm not. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, agree. Like to make it a your own 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 touch on a bit of a muscle car, it's fine. But I think just be a bit creative. I mean, you don't have to just go a bloody blue mini. You know, there's plenty of nice other VK colors, etc. Um, same with VSs. You can. I like a bit of a mix of car as well. I mean, if you want to kind of do a HSV body kit with a little rear lip or something on the back, just kind of make it your own, just in a bit of a custom color or just a, a rare color. Um, Although I have, I must say I have seen some tributes that are almost better than the real thing. Oh yeah, hands down. I mean, there's yeah, some of the guys will go full nut and bolt restoration, yeah. and do it that way, like you know, and actually better built, better yeah, better finishings, exactly right? Like, than they were from yeah. factory because yeah. So I mean, credit to that in a way, but I just I just think it is absolutely done to death. I just think be creative, think outside the box. And the note for future collectors, like I, I, yeah, I don't exactly think you're going to see a massive appreciation on it. You yeah. might see a little bit. Um, it is the ultimate compliment to the real thing, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. Yeah. But if you're doing it for financial reasons, it's thinking that it might it might jump up. Maybe if you're using some original parts, your parts might be worth something, as we just said. But yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of it if you put your own little personal taste in it. Exactly. And, and you can't afford the real thing. Like, yep. you know, you look at, you look at a, Boss four twenty nine. Like some people might not have the four five hundred k to fork out, and they yeah. might they might get the same year and just tweak it up a little bit. But mm-hmm. that's that's up to personal taste. All right, next one. Hey guys, love to take on summer nats declining. I used to love going, but feel it's lost its buzz. Also, do you think it's it's because the most killer builds are seen on socials before the event, Alex? I oh, hands down. I mean, I think back of the times when I used to absolutely froth summer nats in general. Is I'll be waiting. I was a big 
Big Street Commodores reader. So Street Commodores magazine. Um, There'd be a tease in there about the build yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly. You see what's coming up and you're waiting for the next magazine to come out and there's no internet. So it's not like you're jumping along seeing all these done when a car's unveiled. You're not seeing progress pics, et cetera. Um, you know, I think if you're after that style of car now, I think it's Motor X, if you can hide the car because the whole thing is it's hard to build these cars. I mean, you know, when you've got trimmers touching them, et cetera, unless oh, it's – yeah, exactly. Photos are going to leak of them and it's all because of the internet. So to me, that's where it's lost its buzz from that side of it. I was a huge Horsepower Heroes fan just seeing these cars and you had to really go there. I mean, you have to find out, okay, well, what's this car going to make? And you hear about things getting built in the background and it's kind of, is it bullshit? Is it real? Like what's going to happen? You go there and seeing these cars pulling a 1,000 plus real horsepower. Now you've now there's it's just so common. So I think that as well, the evolution of horsepowers killed that part of it. Um, I think that just the wankers and the other part of it is killing some nuts again. Like I said, that I'd never take a nice car there in just fear of it just getting hit or knocked or something. Um, so I think, yeah, once again, you after that style, go to Motor X because you will see some cars unveiled. They hide them pretty well, um, some builds. But, yeah, but I think in general, the answer to the question, it's – that's why it's declined. I think the internet's just killed it. Yeah, it has. It has. There's no mystique anymore, or no surprise factor. So, and and I, th- I still think going to these events, I think they've been too yobbified, I guess, or or too rough at times. Like I think, yeah, you know, there's too many people go- going there to be dickheads, and like you said, you know, scraping on your car, leaning on your car, you know, that whole respect, like. 80s 90s 2000s it was it was it was rough you know don't get me wrong but there was a res- mutual respect for people's cars yeah. it was like you just kind of knew hey like oh exactly it's- someone just spent you know years restoring that or that paint yeah. job looked like it was it, t- it would well, taken months yeah and blah, exactly. blah 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 it's not about winning a trophy now or winning horsepower heroes it's winning to these guys now is who gets kicked out yeah like, it's, that's it's about. Line. It's yeah and so they true. take it out i think that like, was last year before they took it to the streets of canberra i didn't know what- oh yeah exactly they'll go to all different parts around and and the, yeah, exactly. I mean, people keep saying it's going to get shut down, but the amount of money it makes for camera, it's, yeah, and the cops and and and, yeah. and the government and revenue, which mm-hmm. is their own fault. And you can't and you, and you can't blame the police in that if they're, if they're being idiots coming out of those yeah. places. So exactly. here's what it is. What are your thoughts on EVs? Honestly, I watched Goodwood Festival of Speed and seeing the EV runs um, were fast, but just boring. Then yeah, look, I mean. <sighs> It's it's a hard one. I mean, I know we've probably got no choice but to adapt and like them. Um, I've spoken before on previous pods about my experience with the Tesla Model 3 performance when I had a few friends say, hey, once you drive one, you're going to want to buy one. Drove it, didn't want it. Used one when I was over in Hawaii last for a few days because I thought, well, maybe that'll get me to like it. And don't get me wrong, the ship build quality, all that with the car. Performance-wise, it's a one-hit wonder. You kind of hit the accelerator a few times like, yeah, this is cool. But in looking at it from Goodwood, well, you got the Rimac Nevera, um, that little car, the McMurty or whatever the thing's called. Like, that's pretty crazy. Actually, if you look at the latest episode of Carwell, it has that versus a Rimac versus a Red Bull F1 car. So you see there, they're both um, both those EVs are running 8.4 quarter miles, you know, for factory cars. That's fucking absolutely batshit mental. I get it, but... Um, the heart and soul and rumble of hearing a V8 start up or blow off valves as a turbo, etc. That's still me through and through. Um, but, uh, but I can't help that. But, I mean, I can't say the same for my son growing up. He'll probably be looking at this kind of stuff. They'll probably be running six-second quarter miles then. <laughs> so who bloody knows? 
Yeah, like, and you know, I think there's just something around. Yeah, like you know, had my detail doing one of the cars and mm. um, the XT and, and just starting it up and the smell of the oh, fumes exactly. and the smell of you know pet, yeah. petrol or gasoline for our American fo- uh, listeners. But um, I think that's that's all part of it, yeah. right? Like oh, well, you see that in general. Like I mean, well, we're up at the Gold Coast at the moment. We're just driving a Kia Carnival around, and as with Phil, and just starts up and I'm just smell and goes, oh, it's a diesel. We're going to. Is it? And we look around the back and go, it is a diesel. Like you kind of see it going, just knowing those different smells. Or with with mm. Creek the other day and his trackhawk, thousand horsepower trackhawk, and smelling the E eighty five. You know, like none of yeah. that's going to happen anymore. So, it's, um, yeah, yeah, it's just too easy in the EV. It's just it's it's like people say, oh, I can just get in that and just blow the doors off it. Yeah, you know, any other car you got, and yeah, you do. But um, yeah, I think it's just I I just like the old school mentality of. Getting in the car, hearing the rumble, you know, priming it before you start, it conks exactly. out, like yeah. just all that. You have to actually yep. drive the car, right? Like rather than, you know, e- even just some of these older cars, you don't know how to brake and steer in the corners, all that kind of yeah. shit. Where the EV just makes it so easy, and there's there's no surprise as to why no one can drive these days. It's just oh, like because exactly. the car does everything for you, and you know, you see some of these people <laughs> the way they merge and the way they you know get around in traffic, and just like, how did you get your license? Yeah, like exactly. seriously, you know, and we talk about road safety and. Man, one of those things. But anyway, we have a, a special guest this week. Very, very nervous. Legs are shaking. He's all over the place, Justin. Um, but yeah, you want to give give him give him the fancy intro? Oh, jeez. I've known this guy for 20, 20 years now. His name is Phil King. Have spoken about him or name dropped him a few times. He painted my car King Jam for Summonat. Knows a thing or two about the paint and panel industry. Um, I thought we'd get him on to give us a little chat about well, I guess his time in the industry, what's changed, what's going on, what to look for with insurance companies, and tell us a bit about himself. G'day, boys. Hi, man. Ha- yeah, good. Be- Thanks for having me on. No worries. Be good for our listeners to hear from the panel beater side of things, you know, like yeah. panel beaters, mechanics, all these things. You got to hit or miss with people. There's there's trust issues at times. There's, mm-hmm. you know, like yep. you said, insurance deals. Trying, but- trying, to find, yeah, trying to find a good painter these days is bloody hard because a lot of these chop shop industries out there, they'll weigh the paint and try and make you use as minimal as possible to save as much money as possible. But That's the new thing, is it? It is. It's all about that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. Every, every coat of paint you save, save money. Yeah. So... Oh, well, I guess, I mean, in your time, well, I suppose in one thing I've learned over the time, it's about always making sure you are getting choice of repairer because a lot of people think it's about with insurance, it's all dead money and you know, these idiots out there will go, oh, I'll never, I'll never stack my car and I'll try and get the cheapest insurance company possible and everything. But it's um, one of the biggest um, biggest things you need to think about going, well, yeah, you might not smash your car, but... We are just saying before, there's a lot of idiots on the roads these days and there's a high chance they will smash oh, your car. you got so. potholes too, mate. Don't oh, you? Yeah, yeah, everywhere. yeah, you got to bloody watch everything around. Oh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. The thing is, though, like, a lot of people go, oh, I don't really need assurance. Mm-hmm. But your Kia, yeah. headlight for a Kia is like two grand. Yeah. If you don't have insurance, don't worry about the Mercedes Benzes and the, the BMWs now. Mm-hmm. Skodas, Volkswagens. A lot of the Euro stuff is expensive. Yeah. So you at least want third party insurance. Yeah. Like it's insurance policy for a reason. Like you you don't know you don't think you don't need it. Yeah. But when you do need it, like you pay your excess mm. and you're covered. You could have a little slight tap and it's twelve twelve to fifteen grand job. Oh, exactly. 
And, th- and that's the thing, man. A lot of people just think they go, oh, yeah, it's only a little mark, et cetera, like that. But we've seen over time you pull the front and rear bar off, there can be a hell of a lot more damage than what you even think about. So, um, yeah. Well, I was just speaking to Bogues before about the mm. Dodge Rams. Yeah. $1,500 for a mirror. Yeah, oh, so yeah, the, the Dodge Rams are, are brutal. Was it it's ridiculous. Taillight? Was it a taillight like five grand or something? Yeah, I've got a, a cracked taillight um, and yeah, got, got a quote from Ram and it's like five and a half grand Yeah, a cracked taillight. And that's because they have the they have the, um, the lane change sensors in there, I believe. Ah, uh, okay. But from what I've read online, you can um, you can remove those and just clip them onto a new brake light casing. Yeah. But they want to sell you the whole thing for five and a half grand. Jesus so like Christ. the Dodge Rams are just in the parts yeah. Oh, it's just. I don't know how much the dealers are taxing on it. I'm sure they're making money out of it, but yeah. And nothing's in Australia. Yeah. Nothing's stored oh, exactly. in Australia. So, like, if something goes wrong with with these cars, they're great to have. They're, I love American muscle cars and mm-hmm. trucks and all that. But if you need something quick, your car shoots itself, and you need something quick, you got to wait to get it from the US. Yeah. Well, you're talking about part supply with the old cars. We're having dramas with new cars. Yeah. Well, we've got a couple of Honda CRX uh, CRVs, mm-hmm. and we're waiting on just. They've had both had front hits, pretty much identical hits, and we're waiting on parts for three months. Yeah. And it's 18-month-old car. We've got a, a VF Redline wag, um, sedan. Mm-hmm. Front bars, Holden have said, uh, said to us, they've got 250 front bars on back order, so we can't tell you a time to get this car. Uh, like, so this, this bloke's car is sitting in just our sitting yard. There. Just sitting in our yard. We can't give it to him. There's no front bar. Yeah. And his one is destroyed. Yeah. So- this is the issue we're getting even post-COVID. Like you'd think they would have got their shit together now. Mm. But, but no one's storing parts. No. No one wants actually, to store it. It's actually getting worse for part supply. So Because logistically they don't want to have a holding warehouse. They don't want to have a logistics team that has to service. Costs money. So it's like I would just order it direct from depot. Yeah, but that, that takes – you know, and then you're relying yeah. on freight, you're relying on shipping, you're relying on – And then we're the, we're, the, we're the first people that the customers – Get mad at. They go, where's my car? Yeah. So, well, there is no parts. Yeah, but where's my car? I don't care. There's a th- there's thousands of my car on the road. Why can't you get a part? So, well, here's the number of the spare parts. You yeah. can ring them. Yeah. And, Give me the part, I'll fit it for you. Yeah. And they go, well, and then they ring the insurance company. The insurance company calls us. It's like, well, it's nothing we can do about it. Yeah, well, the, we, the, uh, the thing is, we we want nothing more to give the car back to them because we don't get paid until and it's taken up, And it's taken up space in it's your yard or your warehouse. Yeah, exactly. You want yeah. to is, is store a car. Yeah. So there's oh. our frustration mm-hmm. pretty much post-COVID. Yeah. So. And what's the go with that there? I mean, that obviously there's non-genuine parts. I suppose that's where you've got to be careful in a way that it's- um, Yeah, there's a few insurance companies around that like, they don't advertise about it, but they'll want the repairer to go secondhand or yeah. parallel. So parallel is mm-hmm. pretty much Chinese yeah. knockoffs, um, but they won't tell the policyholder that we're putting secondhand parts in your car. Yeah. So there's a few insurance companies that, because they're just looking bottom line. Yeah. So let's save some money. You got to put secondhand parts and like secondhand parts on a two year old car. Yeah. I know if I smash my car, mm. I want brand new parts. I'm paying a premium. I yeah. want to have quality parts. Well, here's one thing I cracked today, right? That my old golf R that I had yep. had a cracked windscreen. My insurance company says genuine parts. When I went to claim windscreen, they would not let me <laughs> claim a genuine windscreen. Yeah, it's frustrating. It's yeah. like you you spend the money to get fine insurance, get you pay a little bit more for a premium, not yeah. thinking that you're going to get new for old. What mm-hmm. replacement windscreen is going to be the same replacement windscreen? Yeah, the Golf R windscreens are a couple of grand, but you took that policy out thinking, well, oh, exactly, I, I get arguing. a free windscreen. Yeah, 
I don't want a Chinese windscreen. I want my genuine Volkswagen <laughs> exactly, windscreen. Exactly, yeah. I thought um, that was absolute bullshit because, yeah. What's the difference in the policy values from choice of repairer to not? Well, RSCV is a fair bit, and that's one thing you've got to be careful about. We're already talking about yearly, roughly. Oh, I bet. I think my mate was saying it was like 400 bucks. Monthly. Uh, yearly. Yearly. Different. Yeah. That's the, I mean, yeah. No, it's it's, not that I mean, but the, the thing is, the insurance companies won't advertise um, because they want you to go to their repairers because they've got their own repairers. Yeah. They do it for cheaper. Like you physically have to go, do I have choice of repairer? Yeah. And if they go, oh, or you can, but it's going to cost you more. Yeah. Spend that extra money. Yeah. Mm. On your policy. Yeah. Oh, it's like there's a couple of insurance day. companies that you would definitely do that for. Um, but yeah, yeah, they won't advertise it. Hey, you can get, you can go to your own people. You have to ask them. Mm. So, and they will apply a premium to it. Yeah. yeah they know what parts they use. That's the biggest thing. There, there'd be so many, oh, so many people using knockoff parts as genuines. Oh, there's, so you, many, there's so many cowboys out there too, because the insurance companies are paying them five eights of fuck all. So they're doing five eights of fuck all of a job. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. Like insurance companies won't pay the, the repairers and the repairers will just do what they have to do to try to make a dollar. Yeah. Did you know, so when I was looking at the parts, I'm trying to find that damn paint code for the FPV wheels still. Yeah, and you'll never find it. Never find it. So it <laughs> needs to be eye matched apparently, <laughs> as, you've, as, you've, as you've told me. But yep. um, as I was looking into this, did you know Jeff, Jefferson Ford got done about 15 years ago? No, I don't. Did you know this? So they were making, they, were, they got sued by Ford themselves yeah. for fake parts. Oof. Yeah, I did hear something. And about that's that. a that's that's a local to us where we grew up, yeah. right? Yeah. Jefferson Ford. Yeah. Yep. Um it's all online, you can read about it. Uh but they they, <laughs> they were basically selling non genuine parts and using non genuine so they were ahead of the curve. They were doing it back in the early two thousands. <laughs> they were doing it. Gotta make a buck somehow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, making big money. So yeah. you gotta be real careful. Really, really careful, especially if you got you know, a lot of gener- a lot of people that just drive a generic car probably don't give a shit because they're like, oh whatever, mm. just get my car back on the road. But people yeah. that have you know, got you know, GTR, GTSRs, yeah. you know, all all this kind of stuff. You want to you want to make sure it's genuine stuff being used on these cars. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, what else you got for us as far as dealing with insurance companies and clients and all that kind of stuff? Ah, uh, look, a lot of a lot of people in because in, we're in the smash repair, so insurance not really doing restos or anything like that. You'll find is a lot of um, fleet cars, so. They don't even look at the things anymore, but you still get you still get people like us really love their car, really fussy. But a lot of the people now they just they just want their car fixed. They don't want to have to deal with it. The insu- like the, the repairer, they just let the insurance company deal it. Ring me when my car's done. I just want I just want my car. Yeah. So a lot of people now it's just it's just transport to them. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an inconvenience. A, yeah, exactly. It's become more and more like that now that it just seems that no one's really caring. It's no kind of stigma. Well, they, the fleet stuff they turn over every two years yeah. anyway, right? Yeah, pretty much. Two, yeah. three years, right? So they're yeah. government funded. I mean, we're paying for their car yeah. essentially. Well, but, it, but in general, I think that, you know, when we're growing up, you know, parents would probably keep a car for 10 plus years, you know. So, but now well, people are just cars keeping Cars are disposable now. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's getting crazy. And that's why I don't think, yeah, just whatever. It's just, yeah, like I said, an inconvenience, get it back. Yeah, so that's a, one of the biggest contributors when they, when they talk about emissions and um, mm. yeah, climate change and all that kind of stuff. There's a fellow out in England who was saying, the biggest factor isn't people not driving EVs. People turn their cars over every two years. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, turning over brand new quality cars that are perfectly fine because they don't have the newest technology inside or exactly. the newest Bluetooth capabilities or yeah. blah, 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 blah. 
Whereas back in the day, like I remember we had, you know, we had cars six, seven, eight years, nine years sometimes. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, and, and you just didn't turn them over. You'd run them to the ground. You'd run them till they died. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, all right, we'll, we'll buy another one. Like the old wogs back in the day, like yeah. our grandparents, they had the same car. They just, all they did would go to the shops and they would just put it along. And you're like, yeah. okay, it's time to get a nicer car. Like, so it's yeah. a lot safer. No, what's wrong? That's that's fine. Yeah, exactly. Fine with it. You're like, okay, you know. and Yeah, like my grandfather had a laser for a little KB laser for 30 odd years. Yeah. Whereas we turn our cars over every six months. 100%. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. well, yeah. we're yeah. bored. It's like, yeah. we've yeah. got this one now. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. it's yeah. a better technology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. yeah. What we were talking about before, we were talking about this morning, it's just like an iPhone. Like, it is, yeah, exactly. Oh, the new one comes out. Well, there's nothing wrong with my phone now, Yeah. but I want the new one. Yeah. And that's same with cars. Like, oh, that Merc, it's got an analog dash. Mm. This new one's got a digital. Same car. Yeah. yeah. I want one with the digital dash because it's newer. Yeah. Like. Oh, with EVs, it's going to get, you know, because the ranges are going to slowly start to go up, you know, all that kind of stuff. And um, I don't know if you guys notice it. Whenever there's an iPhone update, my iPhone goes slow as fuck up. Oh, yeah. After that new yep. update comes out, you're like, yeah, it's time to get a new one. And you've had it for like six months. What's to stop EVs not doing the same thing? Oh, exactly. What's to right. stop your range that was 300 now after oh, your exactly. update's gone? Yeah. It's 267 now. Then it's down to 230, you know, like that's, that's the whole thing, at least with – with, with fuel cars, like, you know, your, your range is your range. It's not going to change yeah. unless, unless you're not servicing it and doing things you're supposed to be doing. But generally- I was already doing my head in like when I was driving that Tesla, knowing that you can't run the thing to flat and then you can't charge it to all the way until it's yeah. recharged. Well, I was just kind of like, Jesus. Well, you can't just do a Melbourne to Sydney trip. No, you can't. Yeah, you Melbourne, actually no. have to plan it. Yeah. Whereas yeah, like- Charge points and all that exactly shit. Exactly right. Like, that's what we were talking about. Like, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys that gets up and like yesterday- wasn't planned. Woke up in the morning. Wife was out with one one of the kids, and it was like gonna go down to the farm, yep. jump on the four wheelers. Just planned it that morning. Jumped yep. in, bang, packed our bags, went went for the whole day, went four wheeling up in the hills, came home. But with an EV, you know, it's an hour hour and a so, so trip. Like yeah. you got to plan around. Like okay, where's my charge point? Yeah. Do I have a charger at the house? I don't yet. Oh shit! Now I got to do. Uh, I just can't bother doing that. You know, and can I get there and back without charging? And yeah, you're not going out to like. Hinterland out here, deep where the waterfalls are, and an EV, you're just not. It's not not yeah. going to happen. They're saying, "Oh, it'll it'll get there eventually." It won't. Like mm. basically, the places we go sometimes up in the waterfalls, the science says this is the last petrol station for 100 kilometers. Oh Jesus! Yeah, <laughs> you gotta get charge stations yeah. in those areas. Good luck to you. Like yeah. no chance. Not in Australia, yeah. and that's why I think, like I said, city cars great, but as soon as you want to do anything practical outside of city life, which is most people, yeah. uh, especially on weekends, farmers, these kind of people, you know, dirt bike yeah. riding, horses, whatever you do, whatever your kink is. Um, gonna struggle with EVs until they get to at least they get to the thousand range, in my yeah. opinion. You know, mm. um, but the trucks, the trucks are starting to get better with that, like the big, big trucks. But yeah, I, I mean, I just don't see it. That's a frustrating thing. Yeah, but that's the thing though. I mean, the ranges get you know as soon as they look at getting extended ranges, that just the weight of the fuckers in. You know, yeah. like that's yeah, that's what they saw with the lightning, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put a boat on and you're in some trouble. Yeah. Um, what about some some shadiness of the industry? Oh, it's funny of shadiness. Mm. Um, I'm sure you would have dealt. Have you have you dealt with much stuff where you've customers gone somewhere else and then brought it to you and then you got to correct problems from? Oh yeah, else? like well, like we've had plenty of like rectifications. So like you you get someone who's had didn't have choice repairer mm-hmm. or it wasn't their fault. They've had to go to this repairer and they've gone back three times. This is not right. This is not right. And so they'll come to us and like you just we have to fix it and. We charge insurance company double. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like there's there's plenty of there's plenty of shady characters um, as with any industry. But it's it's getting I wouldn't say it's getting better, 
they're the people are cheating more professionally to try to make <laughs> yeah. as, to try to make as much money as they can because the insurance companies are screwing us. Yeah, we have to cheat professionally. Yeah, so not not like in the heyday where it was like they'd cut a front off and weld another front off uh, front on. Like we cheat, like people cheat, but not so the integrity of the car is compromised. Compromised, but like you'll put a mark on a on a door and say we need to replace that door. You polish the door. Yeah, like that's the a lot of a lot of panel shops have to do that because there's no way they can't make money. Yeah, so there's more professional cheating. Have you seen the sushi mango uh, panel beater one? Yes, <laughs> where like three blokes walk out. Oh my god! Oh look at this! Come, come look at this! Oh, is it? <laughs> and there's plenty of panel shops that do that. Yeah, so, so, especially I, I, if it's just a, a, a you know, like someone like my wife, she'd just be like. All right. Yeah. How much? How much do I have to pay? Yeah. Like, no idea. Like, no idea. What's yeah. Exactly. Like. Exactly. Um, yeah. No. There's plenty of those around. So, yeah. But it it, it is getting better. But yeah, people have just got to be. It, it, the shops are being smarter when it comes to trying to make more money without, yeah, making the integrity of the car like still making it good. So. What about painting a lot of cars now? I mean, obviously less and less microns and just. Oh, mate, that's a frustration. Yeah. Like back. Well, I. Started my apprenticeship in 95. So we just had two-pack paint, but we had lead in the paint. And the colours, like, it was basic colours. You had silvers, whites, mm-hmm. golds, and they'd cover really easily. And And the car companies back then would actually put enough paint on it. Engine bays were shiny. Outside was like they were shiny, just as shiny yeah. as the outside. Like you look now, you'll go open a bonnet of your W1. Like there's probably, it's the engine bay is not shiny. It's a white car. It should be shiny. Yeah. Like every... Every coat they save, like if they do, they save like hundred bucks a coat, and there's only a hundred hundred thousand cars like BMW. Yeah, the amount of money they save. Yeah, and so the frustrating part is trying to replicate it when someone smashes their car, especially silvers. Like they're not they're not covered, so you get a special light and you look at it and you can see it's patchy. The customer doesn't see that when they buy their brand new car. The brand new car is perfect. Yeah, nothing wrong with it. Everything gaps up, colour's fine. Take it to a panel shop, get it repaired. We have a hard time trying to match colour on silvers. Yeah. They go, oh, the colour's wrong. Well, the bumper bar's wrong. It's like, no, the bumper bar was the wrong colour at the start. You've just got different coloured. You're just looking at it different. Your car, brand new, has got defects. It's just because it's been in a panel shop now, you see- You notice the defects. You, you notice the defects because yeah. it's been in a panel shop. Like, that's the hard thing these days is trying to- match colours and match finishes and textures, like the matte paints. Yeah. Like we looked at Boomer's M5 yesterday. Yeah. Um, the colour itself is not the issue. It's getting that finish, yeah. the matte slash satin finish. And a lot of the new cars now, like the, more and more are doing this mm. and it just it makes the job a lot harder now. Yeah. Um, and that's where it's frustrating yeah. with insurance companies. They're still paying like it's 2000 Yeah. Mm. So all well, the technology's moved on. It's actually a harder trade to do now because cars aren't the cars are transparent. Yeah, a lot of these, like the Mazda, the Soul Red, the Candy Red. Oh, you, you love that color. Oh yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> Beautiful color. Yeah, just an absolute pain in the ass to paint. Mm. And there's just more and more of those now. That's yeah. that's the next and the paint companies now. The paint is actually harder to harder to use because like, yeah. it's weaker. There's no lead. Like everything's more. It's not as concentrated now, um, yeah. and the paint's more expensive. Gee, was it was it Fiat saying they're no longer doing 
boring coloured cars. Yeah. 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 Which I actually don't mind the boring coloured cars because they're easy to paint. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so But you never own a boring coloured car, that's a problem. Yeah, well <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um yeah, you you'll always have your whites, silvers, greys, blacks. Yeah. Well, you always have them. But it's all the colours I'm looking at your GTF now, the blue. Beautiful colour. It it's so hard to um cover. Like mm. it takes a lot of paint to cover. Yeah. Um and that's thing like that's probably not even covered from factory. Mm. But you won't know it unless you had a trained eye. Mm. And that's the frustration that we've got now. Yeah. Like if we're say like inside the door jams might have one less coat, if we've got to paint a side panel, yeah. We've got to try to replicate one less coat in there and have one more outside because you guys know what you're looking at. Yeah. Your car guys will yeah. go, hang on, that's been painted. Yeah. So trying to it's yeah, it is getting harder. And on top of that, it's the old Holden HSV, even even Ford, where you know the guards or or the, or the uh, body kits usually plastic. Yeah. So remember how, how yeah, bad it GDSR. was. Oh, remember how bad Holden was for so many years. Yeah. The body kit would be a, di- a whole different color from the. Well, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and yeah. you're just like, mate, and they're like, well, it's painted on plastic. Well, it's like, what, what, how can you miss, miss by this much from factory? Like, it's insane. Well, when the VEs come out, we, we were doing, um, working with a fleet company that had VEs, and every, like, the bars, all the plastics were totally different. And yeah. we'd, and we'd show the client, go, look, here's the color of the car. Look at the, we had to tell every customer before you worked on before it. Before we worked on it, this is how it is from factory. We'll try to get it better. And like we could, we could match a color to the car, paint the car, paint the plastic, and they're still different. Yeah, yeah. Like, and because plastic, you're playing it on yeah, plastic. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly yeah. So now, like, we have to just tell clients before they drop it off. We yeah. walk around and go, see the variation. Yeah, we need to show. I point think this they out. couldn't correct that in so long. It's 2023 from, from factory it was but, just yeah. amazed me. Yeah. yeah, all the stuff around the GDSR exactly. that came out. Yeah, yep. Like variation, but that's a frustration. Like with the amount of technology and. All the smarts these days, mm. it's actually getting worse. Yeah, like you wouldn't see a mismatched bumper bar on a VS Commodore. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like they matched. Yeah, it's because and the plastics usually come out with that that dark resin on them, right? So they're applying on that, and then on the on the car they're applying yep. on, a, on a on a blank yep. canvas. Of course, well, you can you can put a wet on wet primer on the metal and the plastic, put the same amount of everything, but yeah, well, that's the frustration. Yeah, it's yep. just it's ridiculous. And most people that aren't car people wouldn't even notice, but no. like you can notice it straight away, and you're just like, like how can how can you? Be I've done on this guy now. Like he's taught me where to look over the years. Like, and put it this way: if if you if I, if you were looking at a Gen F GDS and the yeah. bars matched, I'd tell you not to buy it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. It, it's been painted. Yeah. Like it, same with the W ones. If the, you yeah. look at the guards, if the guard is the same as the car, don't yeah. buy it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, but it's ridiculous. You'd want it to match. Yeah. So, should match. It should match. match. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's the tell on numbers matching. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, crazy, yeah. crazy. No, good man. Anything else from you, Justin? No, all good. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Thank you. Uh, awesome. Give a little bit of insight into the world of of, of paint shops and whatnot. And um, one thing I want to ask, actually, is are you guys just fall under the fair trade? Um, if, if there's issues within the industry or do you have a, a like a watchdog or something like that? How, how does it work? Not that you've ever been involved in it. I'm but, not but too sure. I think that's a good thing that you don't know. Cause yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, you, I think it'd just be something to do with the insurance companies. So I, I wouldn't. I actually, where would a, where would a punter go? Like say they feel ripped or they feel like, like, like someone's did them a dirty or, or not done proper. Just, just be fair trade. Wouldn't it? It would be. Yeah. Yeah. It just yeah, falls well, under for, that, right? First yeah. you go to your insurance company. 
Yep. And then you'd yeah, probably just go to the Auburns and or yeah, something like that. Exactly, but you'd, yeah. you'd, if it was, if you'd paid cash, you're sort of on your own. Yeah, exactly. If it was insurance, like through the insurance company, like you just, you'd, that's what you pay your policy for, right? You yeah. go, I'm not happy with it. I want, I want you guys to sort it out. Yeah. And you just, you just hand them. Like they make enough money. Yeah. Let them deal with it. Yeah. So, yeah, good old insurance companies. Yeah. I've just got to, I just got to re out have to have to retake photos of all my cars because I got agreed, agreed value and they've yep. all gone up. Oh yeah, like, we need we need proof yeah, that you have the, the cars. Like, yeah, like mate, I've been with you for ten years now. Like, yeah. what do you mean you didn't check that I had the car ten years ago? Yeah. there was a phase where I went through where I didn't have to it didn't even have to send a photo. I'd just be like, hey, I bought this car to my broker, and you know, but now now it's all changed again because I guess yeah, no, never. People, I've never had to never had to back in the day. Yeah. So yeah, now it's on, yeah every detail, Domita, this and that and that and this. And I'm just like. Thinking about doing them just while in the hoist, just as a fuck you. Like, oh, yeah, exactly. One, two, yeah. three, four, five. Like, yeah, there you go. Yep. Yeah. So but that's how it's all going. Yeah. Crazy. Um, story time, I guess. Go for it. All right. Um, so thank you to Marcus for sending this one in. So he said a few years ago, uh, he went to Fiji for his brother's engagement party. Um, they arrived back in Sydney after the trip and there was a mix up with the bag. So he ended up mistakenly picked up a suitcase that, um, that he thought was his cousins. They had 11 on the flight saying a typical wog gathering. Anyway, received a call the next day from a cousin that, um, the bag of his had a, that his bag had a tag on it and the guy that, um, grabbed his bag, um, gave him a call. So, um, Cousin went to his house, um, came over to his house, and they thought they'll go visit this guy who had the bag uh, to go swap the bags over. Um, when they turned up to his house, their jaws hit the floor because in the garage was a VN Group A and a GDS Coupe. Long story short, they swapped the bags over and left as new owners of the Y-Series GDS Coupe. So, Good pickup. Um, didn't say if he bought it, so I don't know if they robbed the guy, the GDS coupe, but uh, good, good work there. And, um, he, and he swapped the bag. So yeah, exactly. what, what was in the bag? Yeah, what was in the bag Coming as well, from overseas. So. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, I love hearing those little stories like that or, you know, going for a, you know, going for a drive and take a wrong turn and drive down the street and find a car. So I've heard of things like that before and I've had mates or tradies that have, um, Going to work on some houses, end up buying a few cars. So I've heard of people chasing down cars on the road. Oh yeah, we know that's happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alistair White, you know, shout out Alistair's done yep. that a few times. So do you think it still happens? Do you think people still leave notes these days? Oh yeah, yeah. I see that happen all the time. Even I've done that recently. I so. know back in the day it was a huge yeah. thing, but now just with like privacy and everyone's yeah. kind of weird. Like- I, I have done that a few times. I've left notes and never <laughs> never had a call back to be honest. Um, but yeah, it's um typical. Typical to go and do that, but um, no, I love hearing that. So stuff up of some luggage turns into a GDS coupe. So, Phil, you ever had any instances where someone's come in for a repair or something, not knowing what they had as far as a car goes, or you had a chance? No, to maybe- no. But we no? had. Um, oh, I worked at a Mercedes Benz repairer back in the late nineties, early two thousands, and we had where we were. We had um, a few nightclubs, so in Melbourne, let's call it Paran. Yeah. Um, yeah, nightclub owner had a beautiful Merc. Loved his car. He, he was. It just reminded me of Nick Giannopoulos, Wog Boy. Loved his car, yeah. and it got keyed. So we re, we repaired it, repainted it. He goes, "I want it. I want it like glass." So we rubbed it back, flow coated it, wrapped, absolutely wrapped. Mate, boys, come down, come to the club. We'll get free drinks. Blah, blah, blah. Go to the club. Beautiful. Two weeks later, comes back again. Goes, boys, 
Got my car. My car's been keyed again. <laughs> Too many women on the run, oh, I reckon. Mate, if we just had it like for four four weeks. Like, okay, so we did it again. And we go, mate, you got to stop parking where you park. Like he just, yeah. just look at me. I want my car. Everyone can see it. Yeah. Um, got keyed three times mm. in the space of six months. Go, what are you doing? It turned out he was tapping one of the head of security's girlfriends. So, and- Wow, he got the shits. The security bloke got the shits, but kept it was a good, good paying job. So he goes, <laughs> "I'm just going to, I'm just going to stuff you over. I'm just going to keep scratching your car." Yeah. It was a very expensive year for the bloke. Yeah, yeah. so he ended up just getting rid of it, got rid of the security bloke. Um, but yeah, we, I've had a few things like that. Just Jeez. yeah, weird. Yeah, my old man had when he was doing um, doing some doing mechanical work for a few people that were well, he figured weren't. Uh, Straight laced with the way they earn their oh, money. Yeah. Um, had a car. I can't remember what car it was, but he had to get in the boot for something, and he opened the boot, and it was guns, cat. Like this is back in the I think late eighties, early nineties. I'm moving the nineties, like like just nefarious stuff in the boot, yeah. right? And um, I guess the customer had come back to pick the car up, and you just gave my dad a wink. Hey, um, see anything that wasn't right with the car? Like wink, wink. Dad's like, didn't see anything. He's like, yeah. Little cash tip for you. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. My dad was just yeah, like, yeah. don't know, don't tell. Not he, my, you know, dad's like, God. why would I call? Yeah. And just. Yeah. Uh, well, it was a funny thing with the GDS, GDS coupe that I had. So that had, that was painted down one side. And the guy who had that before me was like in the federal police or something. And um, yeah, that ended up uh, what happened. That went to a panel shop of another guy that I know. Uh, his dad's place, and he goes, oh, we had one in here that had dog cunt, like, keyed down the side of it. He goes, oh, the guy was involved, like, he goes, when all the um, underbelly stuff was all going down, he had to go back into court, and then apparently after he gave some statement or whatever like that, and then the wife of the guy who was in court keyed went it. and keyed it, yeah. a dog cunt down the side of the car. Yeah, so. yeah like, we've we found cash under floor mats, yeah. bullets, drugs, yeah. Yeah. and you just go... Don't want to know. Don't need to know. <laughs> yeah. You just leave it as is because, yeah, you just, you don't know no, who you're You, you call with. the police and they got to come. In a day, like, we're just here to repeat your car, mate. Yeah, exactly. I don't care what you, you do. You get put out, right? They can't, yeah. they're going to have to investigate. Oh, don't touch the car. Leave it yeah. there. Put no. tape around it. So blah, it's like, blah, blah, blah. boys, just ignore it. Give him back the car. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. Put it back. We found We it. know nothing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's all good. So, yeah, you see a heap of stuff like that. It's interesting. So, yeah, and we had, I remember when I first started my apprenticeship, so this was 95, so 96, we had a S14 200SX, black two-door coupe, mm-hmm. gold badges. We put, in the space of 12 months, he got hit in the ass and tapped in front of a car, into it, the front of the car three times. So we had, we did three sets of bonnets, three sets of guards. The car hadn't even done 5,000 Ks. Yeah. Absolute cursed. And after the third time, he's like, no, I've got to get rid of this too. <laughs> like this thing would be so stru- structurally fucked. Mm. Um, rad supports, back panels, two quarter panels. Like this car got repainted three times in 12 months and it was not even 12 months old. Someone, yeah. got, someone got a mint looking on it. Oh, so yeah, if, if anyone's out there got a black 200SX from about 95 <laughs> and it looks really flat but it looks really thick, get rid of it. <laughs> Absolutely get rid of it. Did you ever re- – did you ever happen to paint a VT International um, Calais that was covered in glad wrap? No. No. Why? <laughs> yeah, that was one we destroyed at school. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, your teacher's one, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, the yeah. principal's one, yeah. Brought his paint. Yeah. From the sun and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> all right, man. Thanks, Phil, for joining us, giving our listeners a little bit into the, the paint world. And um, we haven't done one of these for a while, so hopefully everyone appreciates us getting together here on the Gold Coast and putting together one and talking all things cars. Good excuse to come up again. Thanks for having me. <laughs> all right. Thanks. Yeah.